0: Hello and welcome back to another Stop the Clock. I'm joined here by my co-host, Sam. And we are here for episode 14 of Stop the Clock. And I got to say, this is probably one of the more exciting ones we're going to be doing because of everything that has happened this week. I mean, we'll we'll get into all of it, but obviously um, on our own respective channels, we already covered the Russell Wilson news, the Aaron Rodgers news, both of those being headliners uh, to start this jam-packed week. And then we had plenty of other trades and rumors that have happened and even legal suits that have happened uh just recently so we're gonna get into all of that but I, I think sam we want to start with the biggest one um outside of the russell wilson and aaron Rodgers, and that's being deshaun watson
1: yeah yeah i mean that it, it was like one per day like this week and it's crazy because like isn't free agency next week like we're supposed to the tampering period is on monday free agency is wednesday that's when all the fireworks usually happen it's been crazy this week we started off as you said Will or Roger stays, Wilson gets traded. The next day is, what happened the next day? Was that? Uh, Wentz. But that was Wentz. Carson Wentz got traded the next day. The day after that was Thursday. Khalil Mack is traded. And then Friday, no trades happened, but probably the biggest one of the biggest pieces of news was Deshaun Watson will not face any criminal charges. So his big bigger legal problems are over. He is still facing the civil lawsuits, but he won't be facing any criminal charges. So- yeah. The race to get the shot, Watson, is on. It's already starting to heat up. Um, there is still, however, a possibility that the NFL could suspend him. Of course, they're still <clears throat> investigating on their own. If he is, it'll likely be six games. I mean, you look at what happened with Big Ben. He was—he didn't get any criminal charges. He got six games. Ezekiel Elliott—he didn't get any charges. But he also faced a six-game suspension. Of course, Calvin Ridley did a little gambling, and he got a year. So shows you it's really awful timing for the nfl (laughs) um but yeah uh so the deshaun watson arms race is here so i'm i'm looking to see which teams are going to pay the highest price and which teams deshaun watson wants to go to because he does have that no uh that no trade clause similar to russell wilson
0: yeah, uh, you, you opened it perfectly. And so I, I want to highlight four teams that I specifically think are very interesting in the race for Deshaun Watson. and teams to kind of rule out. I think a few teams to kind of rule out of the picture are obviously the Broncos. They got Russell Wilson. That's kind of out of the picture. I think Indianapolis is going to go in a different route besides Deshaun Watson. But I have four teams in the NFC. that And also, think- they
1: wouldn't trade Deshaun Watson into division.
0: Exactly. Either. They wouldn't. Exactly. And so I have four teams in the NFC specifically that I I think could make a big push. And that's Seattle, Philly, and Tampa Bay. And I mean, Tampa Bay and Carolina Um, just starting with Seattle and you can give your take right here on Seattle. One, they just shipped off Russell Wilson, right? Um, They just got rid of Russell Wilson. Maybe it was time for a new change, however you want to look at it. Um, And now they have the draft capital with, you know, obviously sending Russell Wilson away, but, my big question with seattle and this is what they're going to personally have to figure out before they make any moves with the russell uh, with deshaun watson is what are what do they want to do does this team want to rebuild because if you want to rebuild then obviously don't go and get deshaun watson because that's a move that says oh we're going to try to win now or is it let's rebuild a year we have these draft picks there's a guy in the draft from alabama bryce young who is probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the next decade and so i i think We look at this and say, all right, from Seattle's perspective and say, what do we want to do? Because to me, that's the overlooming question before you go out and make a move for Watts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thats it's nice for them to have a choice at least to to say which direction do we want to go in. And as you said, they're perfectly equipped to, I think, go in both directions. They have two firsts and two seconds in this year's draft, two firsts and two seconds in next year's draft. So they have ammo at the draft in the draft, if they want to literally spend all those picks, they could build a very nice roster. Of course, they have to hit on those picks. Or you could go out and get Deshaun Watson, we, I, which I think personally for Seattle is a better move. I mean, I think especially with – when you look at these the teams that you mentioned like Philadelphia, um, Carolina, I mean, maybe not Tampa Bay, but Seattle has the best weapons out of those teams, I think is in the best position to help Deshaun Watson win – because they have guys like DK Metcalf, if they are gonna retain Tyler, if they're gonna go after, after Deshaun Watson, I assume they retain Tyler Lockett as well. You have the weapons. Um, Rashad Penny had a very nice end to his year. So I think you have pieces if you're, if you're Seattle, and it's just, do you wanna prioritize the long, slow rebuild where you can probably build that defense back up to a prominent spot? Because right now that defense is really where I'm concerned because I think, look, you could go quarterback this year. You could, as you said, which I think is a smarter route is go quarterback next year and really rebuild this defense. We know how strong the defensive class is this year. Or you go after Watson. It's nice, as I said, for them to have the choice. I would probably say go for Watson. I mean, quarterbacks are very hard to come by in this league. And I'll get into this a little bit later, but where we are in the NFC right now, there aren't a lot of good quarterbacks. So if you can get an elite quarterback like Deshaun Watson on your team in the NFC, that can do you numbers getting to the postseason.
0: Yeah, and one last thing I just want to bring up with Seattle before we move on is, look, Pete Carroll's going to be turning 71 before the start of the season. And, and that's something you also have to look at where to, to your – where you're saying don't rebuild is, look, he's going to be 71. Does he want to go through a rebuild? Now, maybe to me, I don't see Seattle in the sense that they – if they were to go through a rebuild, it would be like a five-year rebuild. They really would only have a one-year rebuild. But Pete Carroll's 71. Does he even want to go through a year of another, you know – not great team and having to rebuild. And so that's where, to me, I'm on the fence to me. I personally wouldn't go get Watson. I would run it with Drew Locke. You know, I know you have DK Metcalf and you have Tyler Lockett, but I I don't know. I I don't think I would just go out and get Deshaun Watson, especially now.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Athena, you didn't bring up that I want to bring up that I think is in a similar spot. They're in a division where one of the teams in their division just went to the Super Bowl. Another team is reloading to after a really injury depleted season and the third just traded and got an outstanding receiver in Mark Cooper. That's the Steelers in the AFC North. And again, I'm going to talk about this later on when I recap the Steelers, because we are talking about the Northern divisions this week. Um, and that's going to get to Sean Watson. You have all these pieces. Like I like. You have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pro Bowl caliber guys. Najee Harris had an outstanding rookie running back season. And then we all know how good that defense is. I think the Steelers right now are in win now mode. And Deshaun Watson is the perfect candidate to be their quarterback, especially with the connections that he had earlier in the offseason with Brian Flores, who did go to the Steelers as their linebackers coach. Yeah.
0: I I think the Steelers are probably the only team in the AFC that I personally look at. Yeah. And I I think if you're the Steelers, you got to get an elite quarterback and you know, you mentioned with the NFC, you know, you need an elite quarterback. I mean, we're now just seeing in the NFL, you need an elite quarterback. If you want to go anywhere, I mean, especially in the AFC though. Exactly. You can have the talent around you, but I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you don't got a guy that can lead the charge at un- under center. And so I think getting a guy like Deshaun Watson could definitely put the Steelers back into any sort of conversations for contention. And we've already seen Russell Wilson go to, you know, Denver and the AFC. So maybe making that move and the connections there is almost like, it's almost too perfect not to happen. Um, but I will swing it over back to the NFC. Cause I, I think, you know, th- there's more favorable spots. I'd say in the NFC, at least for where Watson might go and, I'll, I'll be quick. I, I think the Eagles and the Panthers are two teams that I kind of put in the mediocre section of getting them. And I, and I say those two teams because to me, if Watson, this all depends on what Watson wants to do, right? If Watson wants to go out and win, win football games, he's going to go to a place like the Steelers, Tampa Bay, um, maybe even Seattle, if they can rebuild that defense, he's going to want to go. If he wants to go and win the Eagles and the Panthers fall out of that conversation. Look, the Eagles have a young core. They have miles Sanders, They have guys like Devontae Smith both showing promise and Sanders obviously kind of cementing himself as already a a very good running back in this league. But those two teams are mediocre at best. And and so I I go back to that. It's what does Watson really want to do? Because if he's okay with maybe a year or two having to go through that process of building the team up, because you, you can't tell me right now that the Panthers and the Eagles are anywhere close to contention.
1: No, I and I, I agree. I think there's there's a happy medium. When I look at the Panthers, I like their defense. They have some fun weapons to play with. I think any trade with Deshaun Watson would involve Christian McCaffrey. So you'd probably lose that weapon. Uh, and the Panthers have said that they're gonna be really aggressive pursuing Watson. Again, I don't really trust Matt Rule. When you look at Philadelphia, I hate all the Philadelphia quarterback talks because I actually do like Jalen Hurts. Like in his First full year starting, he took a team that pretty much everyone thought was going to be last in that division or or third in that division, and he took him to the playoffs. And granted, it wasn't the most successful trip to the playoffs, but he has only ever gotten better in his career. And I hate that people are just sort of writing him off for no reason. I really like Jalen Hurts. I don't think the Eagles should go in that direction. And then that leaves two teams for me, and that's the Steelers, who I think have a are have a really good core and but they're in the afc and then the pan or excuse me the bucks who have a really good core in the nfc and i think if you want to win football games you want to be in the nfc right now because of the lack of elite quarterbacks but yeah
0: i, I couldn't agree more I, I and and i'm i'm to your case i don't think it's it, it's time to give up on hurts i think you give them another year you know it's it, everyone's still really young on that team. You can't say through two years, you've seen, Oh yeah, we already know what hurts is going to be. And, and he's shown glimpses um, of the potential that he has. And so I'll, I'll just hop, go to the last team. I think that's Tampa Bay. Um, and that's a team I circle. If, if Watson really wants to go and win, that's the team you want. He should go. to. I mean, that, that, I mean, they just won the Super Bowl two years ago. Um,
1: they're keeping the a lot of part, guys.
0: The, what? I
1: said, yeah, they're keeping a lot of guys.
0: Exactly. and, and, and you know, if I'm Bruce Arians and I, I'm hearing this news of Deshaun Watson, I'm still trying to win. And so, if I can get a guy like Watson, who almost makes this offense better because of the ability to get that's out of the run. block and be Absolutely. more versatile with that quarterback position, and you kept guys like Goodwin—I uh, mean, Goodwin—and and you have yeah, um, exactly. yeah—and you have uh, Mike Evans, you have a, a, a running back court that's good, and then a, obviously an r- extremely good defense. Um, and so, like I said, it, it all depends what Watson really wants to do because. If he's okay with sitting around for one, two years and not being in that true Super Bowl talk, but then making it through after two, three years, or if he really wants it immediately, Tampa Bay is to me the team that he should go to.
1: Yeah, I think Tampa Bay and the Steelers. If he goes there, make some Super Bowl contenders. Let's let's flip to another quarterback that's already been dealt, and that's Carson Wentz, and he went to the Commanders. And I gotta say, I don't like the deal for both of these teams. I, I did not think this deal made sense. I know that the Commanders were really starting to get to a desperate situation where they struck out on Russell Wilson, were not able to get him. They've said profusely that they want to upgrade a quarterback and get an elite quarterback. Carson Wentz is not an elite quarterback, and you gave away a third round pick and a third round for 2022 and a third round pick for 2023 that can turn into a second round pick if Wentz plays 70 percent of your snaps. I think Carson Wentz elevates them. I think he's definitely an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, but I just don't think it's a guy that is going to get a lot of people excited in that locker room. And yes, when you look, and this is this is where I don't like it for for the Colts standpoint. When you look at the numbers, Carson Wentz actually did have a very productive season. I mean, he only he had under he had seven interceptions, twenty seven touchdowns, something like that. He actually played very well, especially when they leaned more on Jonathan Taylor in that offense. That was the that was what made that offense go was Jonathan Taylor and that fantastic offensive line. And I really thought that they should really run it back. Yes. The way that he finished the season was absolutely atrocious and their GM definitely didn't like that. And that's part of the reason he got shipped off. But I would say, especially with how weak that AFC South division is, you have to like your chances with Carson Wentz to win that division. I mean, I just didn't really think it made sense because I thought the Colts should run it back with Wentz. And I thought the Commanders should maybe go in a different direction. Maybe get a guy like Jameis Winston.
0: Yeah, I, to me, I think it's kind of hard to look at this in a good light, especially for the Commanders' perspective. Um, I, I think just looking from the Indianapolis perspective, look if if Carson Wentz couldn't win with the team that even make it to the playoffs with the team, I mean, you had you had a running back who was getting MVP votes, you had a very good defense, you had a young receiving core. To not make it to, you know, I mean, obviously they missed out on the playoffs by a game, but. To not win that last game and, and truly make the playoffs when you have the town around you, you gotta look at wins and say, "Look, I mean, it, there's a reason why he's probably gonna be the modern-day Sam Bradford." Um, yeah. And,
1: but the and way and to me, that's what yeah. that,
0: that's what I look at, especially from Indianapolis' perspective, and, and why I would send him off.
1: But at the same time, I think um, Darius Leonard he tweeted out it summed it up perfectly. That's five straight years with a different starting quarterback. I think you have to have some sort of Consistency, if you will. I mean, you had Andrew Luck, then Jacoby Brissett, then Phillip Rivers. And they were good team. With Andrew Luck, they made the playoffs. With Jacob with uh Philip Rivers, they made the playoffs. They almost made the playoffs with Carson Wentz. And I think Carson Wentz is better than Philip Rivers, better than Jacoby Brissett. I think he gives them a better chance to win than Jimmy Garoppolo, than Jameis Winston, guys like that. And I think if they just just stick with it for one more year, I think it's just so disheartening from a player's perspective, if you're rolling with a new guy every single year. So that's why I just, I, I really did not like the deal for the Colts. And I thought they should have kept wins.
0: I mean, I agree, but also I, I look at it from look, Wince, he, he just hasn't shown up in the big moments. And to me, that's the promise. You can run it back another year and yeah. Okay. Maybe you'll get a playoff bid, but you're not going anywhere. I mean, you're truly not going anywhere with Wentz. He's, he's shown time and time again, that he's not that guy. And like I said, he's, he's, he, he, He's either not that guy or he's going to get hurt. And then at the end of the season, it costs you. And and so that's why I look at it in like, yes, from the perspective of, okay, yes, that's five straight quarterbacks. But (laughs) I keep saying there's gold at the end of the rainbow. I mean, sooner or later, they're going to get their guy, but Wentz can't be that guy. And and to to rely on him and go back to another season with him where you can almost expect what's going to happen at the end of the season, right? I mean, either he's going to get hurt, something's going to happen, and they're just going to miss it by this much, by a very short margin. And, and to me, I, I don't know if you can look at that and say, yeah, we want to do that again.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think from maybe from Washington's perspective, I think you got a guy like Wentz and I think giving him a little more hate than he deserves. I mean, I think he actually does give them a legitimate shot to win that division. I still don't like the trades both ways. I mean, look, the, the Cowboys have had a rough start to the offseason. Yeah, no. The Eagles have always been shaky. I'm not even going to get started on the Giants. So it's just, you're in a weaker division, but that's where he was before, and he wasn't able to win. So it's just, it's just an icky trade on both sides, and I don't really like it. Let's get to another trade. The, well, the trade. We move on, oh, just okay. One about yeah.
0: Because something interesting about it is they did take on his salary, um, yeah. which is going to affect a lot of their cap space. And to me, that was also looking from the Washington perspective: is why are you doing that? Like, why are you doing that? You could have got some free agents. You mentioned Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky another guy where you could have got him for cheaper instead of taking basically his $28.3 million, um, you know, part of his contract. And why, like, I don't understand bringing all that money in when more than likely he's a one-year rental. I mean, uh, unless, unless he has an unbelievable season this year, I can't see Washington, Carson Wentz in their long-term plan. So to take on that type of and not really have flexibility with your cap space, to me, that almost is like a loss loss um, for both teams in this trade.
1: Yeah, I mean, at least the Colts are getting some picks out of it. All right, but let's, let's go to Khalil Mack and the Chargers. I mean, the, the biggest story of the week, I still think, was Wilson and Denver. I mean, we, everyone's been talking, oh, my goodness, the AFC West is loaded. AFC West is loaded. You got Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, Derek Carr. The Chargers said, shoot, we need to get guys that can go get these outstanding quarterback. They already have Joey Bosa, who's a phenomenal all pro pass rusher. They're like, hey, let's get another one who's maybe been a little down on his luck in Chicago. They get, only gave up a second round pick and a sixth round pick to get him. And now they have a very ferocious pass rush duo. Uh, and that's Khalil Mack, obviously. Now, does this complete... Because the, the biggest thing for the Chargers was their defense. We all know Herbert's a generational talent. You have weapons. You just re-signed Mike Williams. You got Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, all those guys. But the thing is... Their defense was, was struggling. And you're like, how are they struggling? They have stars. They have Joey Bosa. They have Derwin James. Asante Samuel had a solid rookie season. They could not stop the run for crap. Oh, my goodness. Their, their run defense was really bad. Their pass defense wasn't great either. And you could, you could look at this deal and say, hey, okay, well, Khalil Mack, he's been hurt. He hasn't had double-digit sacks in the last three years. He only had a double-digit sack season once in Chicago, and that was his first year when they had that great defense under Vic Fangio but he is a phenomenal run defender. And that, that's the part that I think is getting overshadowed here is that Bosa is going to get the majority of the sacks, but Khalil Mack is an outstanding run defender. And I look, I think for this move to be complete with the Chargers, they need to get a big guy in the middle to be able to stop the run.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree too. I, I think after everything that we saw this week, they had to make a move like this, especially to – to bring any sort of pressure to Mahomes, Wilson, and, and, and Carr, And, and, and you have to do it in a move like this. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, Carr, you know, Mac, he, he's had his down years, but he's still in the past five season is third in most pressures with uh 221 quarterback pressures in the past five seasons. I mean, and I know you were talking about the run game, but that's what he can also do in the past game. So he's, he's, he can really do it all. And people sort of forget because he's kind of rotted away back in Chicago. Um, but now with that one, two punch of Joey Bosa, it's like, Man, well, you can't double Joey Bosa anymore. I mean, it's like you, you got to worry about both guys on the outside, and so I, I think this was a brilliant move by the Chargers. They needed to do this to only give away a second and a six for a guy who's most likely going to have a really dominant season. I'd say, or, or close yeah, to a proven
1: time. veteran pass rusher who exactly. also knows the division too. It's yeah,
0: to give away barely nothing. Um, and we'll talk. About well, second round game.
1: pick is still a second round pick, and the they are taking pick, on yeah. his contract. But I think it's well worth it.
0: I, I think without doubt it's well worth it to, to get a, a town of this and um, in, in a division, they really need talent around them too.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and I, I tweeted this out and I, I think you're definitely going to be hearing me say it as we get into these next two weeks when free agency starts and the AFC West, all four teams are trying to assemble their own Avengers. Like stars are coming to the AFC West. them. The Broncos kicked it off and got Russell Wilson. The Chargers followed suit and got Khalil Mack. You're going to see probably a higher-profile receiver go to Kansas City, whether that be Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry, maybe Odell Beckham. I, I'm 80% sure that J.C. Jackson is going to wind up with an AFC West team, whether that be the Raiders or the Chargers particularly. you got maybe Vaughn Miller coming back to the division or Chandler Jones with the Broncos. So it's an exciting time in AFC West, and I think they're all sort of – coming to this arms race to see who's going to come out of that, that crazy division. Um, What we can
0: take out the most is you're enjoying this. I I, I think I'm enjoying this,
1: but I'm also a little reserved. I'm like, Oh my goodness, we're finally good. But so is everybody else. But it's, this is the, I I don't think I've ever, and I I feel like I say this every season, but I don't think I've truly ever been more excited for a season of football in my life going into this. Um, It's an exciting time to be, to be a fan of the AFC West, but but it's let's not an it.
0: exciting time to be a Cowboys fan.
1: Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you, you've, you've had a rough start to the offseason, let's just say that. I mean, I ain't going to lie. Y'all kind of got fleeced. I know y'all freed up. Okay, the Cowboys, if you, obviously, if you've been living under a rock today, they traded Amari Cooper to the Browns. We've talked extensively about the fact that they probably were going to either release or yeah. trade him at least they get something out of it. Kind of. I mean, they freed up 16 million in cap space and they take on only 6 million in dead money. And they give a, they get a fifth round pick and a sixth round pick swap. So good yeah, going. I,
0: I, I think seeing that was, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, whether it was a release or a trade. So the, it, the news wasn't as shocking, but it still was a shock. Um, regardless that Amari Cooper's not in the Dallas Cowboys anymore. Um, Look, I I think it's going to be very interesting for the Cowboys. I mean, we've already seen this offseason. They've already even released Blake Jarwin, their veteran tight end, who they gave a lot of money to a few offseason ago. Greg Zerline, who obviously can't now make any important kicks in the game. So I, I think we look at the Cowboys, and I, I don't want to get into them because I, I think we talked extensively last podcast about the whole Mark Cooper and what the, the outlook looks for the Cowboys. But this truly now means that the Cowboys have put all faith in C. D. Lamb being the number one. And, and, yeah. and if there's – if there's any time to represent that number 88, it's going to be next season. I mean, He's going to have to – I mean, I'm being honest. He's going to have to have a phenomenal season because they put all the marbles into him and, you know, if – and I, I think the other thing is if the Dallas Cowboys cannot get Michael Gallup back because that's been their original plan. We oh, that, no,
1: you got to get him back. We I'm get sorry. rid of
0: Amari Cooper and we get Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup back. If they cannot work out a deal to get Michael Gallup um, – it's going to be rough next year. Uh, I think we're going to honestly flip spots where you can enjoy your football team. And I'll, I'll be sitting around with a, you know, a below average team, but I, I do want to just talk about the Browns for a second, because I think this is the, this, this is the last straw for Baker Mayfield. You know, oh, the, absolutely. The game, They're putting the all the OBJ, chips in. he, he, he obviously could not succeed with OBJ. Um, and now this is Amari Cooper. Now he's not as talented as OBJ, but he's still, he's still a good number one receiver that you have. He's a hell of a route runner. Like I've always mentioned, he's, I think he's a top five route runner. I think
1: team. right now I'd take him over OBJ. I mean, I know OBJ sort of had this resurgence and he's still an insanely yeah. talented player. I think right now I'd still take Amari Cooper as my number one.
0: Exactly. And, and, and so I think th- this is it. This is it for Baker Mayfield. If you cannot do anything with this, I don't know what else to say. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you can't do anything with this, then I, you're not going to be a starting quarterback next year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our teams. As you know, we started this last week where we're going to just look at a division uh, or a region of the division. So we looked at the West divisions of the AFC and NFC West last time. We're going to head up North, talk about the Northern divisions. Uh, so I guess I'll, I'll kick us off in the AFC North. Um, it's just going to be quick speed rounds, two minutes, Max. Talk about the Ravens. So this team in Baltimore, I think, is coming back with a vengeance this year. I mean, you talk about the injuries that this team had to endure last year. J.K. Dobbins out for the year with an ACL. Gus Edwards out for the year with an ACL. Marlon Humphrey, Humphrey halfway through the year, Torn Peck out for the year. Marcus Peters, torn ACL. Ronnie Stanley, ankle injury out for the year. They lost Derek Wolf, LJ Fort. Lamar Jackson missed five games. This was the most injury-depleted team in football. And guess what? They're all coming back. I think they're going to be fantastic this year. They are sitting in a good position. They have about $15 in cap. A lot of people have them going after Tyron Matthew from the Ravens. I would love that to happen. Maybe see them try and get Calais Campbell back. And I think the cream on top for the Baltimore Ravens would be if you could go out there and get yourself a free agent, wide receiver, that would be a fantastic – I mean, you have your speed guy – In Marquise Brown, you have Rashad Bateman, who I think is going to have a fantastic year next year. I think you got to get yourself a third guy. That's sort of the outlook I have for the Ravens, but I think they're coming back with a vengeance this year.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. But we'll we'll go into another team that I think we just talked about, the Browns. Um, Yeah. I, I think what they want, you was know, funny, we just talked about this, but I do want them to bring in competition for Baker Mayfield. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to have to replace Baker Mayfield, but I feel like Baker Mayfield, he's had too much of an easy time being the quarterback at the Cleveland Browns. I think bringing any sort of competition, you know, maybe it almost will help him. You know, maybe if he, if he realizes, like, I mean, hes he's got to know Chip on the shoulder. It, it, yeah, it's close to the end of his career if he doesn't, you know, step it up or have, you know, 50-plus touchdowns at 5,000 yards or something. But um, – Okay, that's, then, that's if, a little <laughs> – but if you bring in if you bring in competition, I think you know it could help them, or you know you could find another legit number one. Um, what they should do is definitely get some interior guys in the defensive line. That was a place they very they pretty much struggled a lot. Obviously, they have outside guys like Miles Garrett, who's one of the best in the league. But if they can get someone in the middle who can really stop the run, I mean, I think their highest defensive tackle ranked on PSF's like 106. Like, I mean, that, that's awful. I mean, you're not even top breaking the top a hundred um, as an interior defensive lineman. So they, whether it be through draft or free agency, a guy like Jordan Davis could be legit. Um, he, he showed off in the combine. He can run really fast and he can bulldoze people at Georgia. So, I mean, why not bring in a guy like that? And then what I think they will do is I think like what I mentioned, I think they're going to get Baker one more chance with Amari Cooper. This is his final year. I think this is, This is the prove a year. And if Baker Mayfield wants to have a career, this is the year to have it.
1: I agree. All right. Get to the Steelers. Now, I kind of talked about this when we talked about Deshaun Watson, but you have a great roster Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth. Great defense led by TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, Ken Hayward. You have to figure out the quarterback situation. The era of Big Ben is gone. Um, There's someone who could follow in his footsteps in every possible way, and that is Deshaun Watson. Uh, that's, I guess, I don't know if that's plan A for the Steelers. I think it should be. I think that'd be a fantastic move for them. I think Garoppolo could be fun there. I'd love to see them give Winston a shot. However, what I think the most likely option is for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if not Deshaun Watson, I think maybe they sign a guy or they honestly roll with Mason Rudolph, but then they go and get the Pittsburgh kid, Kenny Pickett, with their first round draft pick and they give him a shot. The Steel City, he knows it. He's played in that cold weather. He had 43 touchdowns, I think it was, with Pitt. I think he's it's between him and Malik Willis for being the top quarterbacks in this draft. I think you, the entire offseason this year for Pittsburgh has to be focused on finding who's going to be your quarterback for the 2022
0: season. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly, and we've talked enough about Watson. I <laughs> think um, Look, the Bengals, we all know what we're thinking. And I'm not even going to lie. This is literally what I, what I wrote. What I want, what they should, and what they will. Offensive line, it, it's plain and simple. I, I I think all three what they what I want them to do get offensive line protect Burrow. What they should do get offensive line protect Burrow. What they will do get offensive line and protect Burrow. I I think I mean we we saw this year it's a talented roster. I mean to the top to bottom they they got a lot of guys and, and not big name guys. You know Jadobia Wuzier, DJ Reader, Trey Hendricks, and Sam Hubbard on that defense. You know they're not big market names, but you know, they, they were contributed to a big piece of that Super Bowl run. So, and then you got an offense that's super talented, but obviously we know that the, the point is they need an offensive line. And, and if they have an offensive line, maybe they would have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> we don't know, but I, I, think it's plain and, I think it's plain and simple, mm-hmm. offensive line.
1: All right, let's switch over to the NFC North. I'm going to start off with the Vikings. Now, let me tell you something. Believe it or not, right now, Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback in the NFC. You got Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and then Kirk Cousins. So, and th- while I'm doing this, think of anyone that's better than Kirk Cousins besides the guys that I just named. I don't think you can. I, I agree. So, I think the, I mean, that's not to say Kirk Cousins is outstanding. I think he's a very underrated player and he gets a lot of hate when he shouldn't. But the Vikings are in a great spot offensively. They have
0: – I'm just – you would take Cousins over Stafford?
1: No, I already – I said Stafford. Oh, you said Stafford. Oh yeah, Stafford was number two. Yeah, I think man, Stafford's he, the second-best quarterback in okay, the i see you right now. i <laughs> yeah. um, All right, so the Vikings, great spot offensively. Justin Jefferson, um, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook when he stays healthy. You got Kevin O'Connell, who is part of that McVay tree. Very good offensive mind in this league. And you're sitting there with the 12th overall pick there should only be one position that's on your draft board. If you're the Vikings and that's cornerback, you got to bring in a guy to guard Devonte Adams. And I think they are in a very good position to get one of two guys. You can get the guy with the sauce sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, or you can get Derek Stinley from LSU. Both I think would be outstanding choices. It's kind of like the, it's a similar situation to last year where you had Pat Sertan and JC Horn, who are you going to go with? Obviously Pat Sertan. no, but, you have, you have two great options there. They might have to trade up to get one of these guys, but I think corner has to be the number one priority for the Vikings this year. They're good offensively, as I mentioned, to be able to compete with Green Bay. They just have to be able to slow them down defensively. That's what I think their focus should be for this offseason.
0: Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about the Packers because I, I think they're up next. What I want them to do, and, and I think it's plain and simple for the Packers, I talked about earlier this week, what I think they should do is get their best defensive player back or one of their best defensive player back, Devontae Campbell. They, they need that guy. He was an all-pro linebacker, um, really had an outbreak, a, a career year this year with on a one-year $2.2 $2. 2 million contract, which is absurd. Uh, that They even got him, exactly, a prove a deal. So I, I'd like them to do that, whatever they can do to get him. Um, what they should do is get most of their guys back. Look, the... and I've talked about before the green Bay Packers are being put in a very difficult situation. Look, there's no question that Aaron Rodgers is this phenomenal quarterback and that he's already a hall of famer. But when you give someone that type of money, you got to realize he's 25% of your cap right now. I mean, he, he is eating up a large chunk of what you can do. And so that flexibility becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and stricter. And so if you could just bring the guys back, you know, this team is good. So if you can bring most of the roster back, guys like Tunyon, um, he's obviously probably going to have a decent market, Lazard, MVS, you know, Rasul Douglas, you might not be able to get all of them, but try to get most of them because honestly, in free agency, you're not going to be able to make a lot of noise. And then what I think they will do is I think they're tr- going to try to get Devonte Adams on a long-term deal. I-, I think that's one of their top priorities. I think they're going to have to do it. Um, because, you know, Rogers is there because Devontae Adams um, and, and a few other reasons. But I, I think mainly is that his buddy there is, is, is still there, Devontae Adams.
1: I like it. All right. Now, let's, let me talk about a team that's maybe had a rough start to the offseason. And that's the Bears. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been good for them. This week has been kind of tough starting off with Rogers coming back for Green Bay. That was a big thing. And they traded Khalil Mack. Um, so, this, this offseason has to be about one thing. And that's helping their young quarterback in Justin Fields get off to a better sophomore campaign. Um, with Allen Robinson likely departing from Chicago after the Bears did not franchise tag him, he's an unrestricted, unrestricted free agent. I expect the Bears to be in the wide receiver market. I mean, that, the two biggest concerns I think for them have to be getting themselves another wide receiver to pair with Darnell Mooney, who seemed to be Justin Fields' number one target. And also beefing up that offensive line because Justin Fields got hit a lot and was hurt and was dealing with ankle injuries this year. So you definitely have to beef those two parts up. If you can get that done, I think Chicago's in a very good spot. However, to get Justin Fields, they had to trade away their first-round draft pick to the Giants. So they don't have that anymore. It's a shame because if they did, I would have loved to see them maybe reunite Justin Fields with Garrett Wilson or Chris Alave. I thought that would be really fun. Probably not going to fall that way, but beef the old line and get, get Justin Fields, another receiver to throw to.
0: And I'll, I'll end it with a, I think a, 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 I'd say a league favorite and that's the Detroit Lions. You know, I, I think the culture that Dave Campbell has brought in, in the first year, you know, I mean, obviously no one expected them to be great. No one expected, I don't expect them to be that awful uh, to start the year, but I, I think what we saw from the Detroit Lions is yeah, they didn't win games, but we saw there was a culture change. We saw what Dave Campbell brought. Um, yeah. and, and it's, a, it's an atmosphere people want to be in it and that that's that's what's most important when we talk about coaches is you can do all these skin stuff but play if players want to play for you that's the most important thing I think that's what Dave Campbell brought in um, I think Dan the biggest Campbell. thing that I want them to do is bring in offensive weapons especially at the receiver position um, obviously St. Brown he had a good rookie year but man, I I, I think, and, and this goes to my next point of what they should do is be active in free agency. Look, last year, it was the transition year. You get a new head coach. You don't make a lot of moves. You don't be aggressive. I think you have to be aggressive. I'm not saying this team immediately is going to become contenders, but you got to start gaining time on free agency. Look, the draft can only do so much, right? You You can get great players, but you can't build a whole team around, you know, draft picks. And so if they can be you know, like I said, just be active in free agency. Go after some, especially receiver. I think that's the, that's the top priority they need outside of possibly quarterback. Um, but I, I think what they will do is get Aiden Hutchinson set at number two. And I, I know I just mentioned you can't build a team through a draft, but you can get a good players out of the draft. And I think that's Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, bring, bring back the Michigan native. I think it's, it's a perfect reunion for him. And that, that's a guy you need. And obviously, they could go offensive line. But their offensive line was actually pretty good this year, um, considering everything. They they got some young pieces. And so I think getting a guy like Aiden Hutchinson um, to develop, I, I think he'll be a beast in this league if he if he can develop rightly. And especially with a guy like Dave Campano, man, he'll have him in the strength and weight room.
1: Yeah. No, I think with, with Detroit, you got – you got the culture change. We love culture on this podcast, of course. We love culture. We love culture. I think that's our favorite thing. <laughs> so you have that, I think, with a a good draft where they nail on some of their early picks and as well as some key free agents. Detroit can be a – I'm not going to say a sneaky good team, like they're going to make the playoffs or anything, but I think they could shake some up, maybe get some upsets here and there. I mean, they already did it last last year with beating the Vikings and the Cardinals. So fun. It. I think good times are coming for Detroit. You just have to – Be patient, which I guess is hard to say because you've been patient throughout your entire franchise's existence. But I think you guys got a good one in Dan Campbell. So I think we're actually going to wrap it up here. Uh, It's about to get hectic. It was already hectic this week. Free Agency is just around the corner. We will be here talking about it, covering about it, giving our picks on it, or not our picks, but like our analysis on it. Uh, So hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hit us both up on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want. Uh, This will be on SoundCloud and YouTube, obviously. Uh, So I hope you enjoyed the podcast and have a good night.